Glancing around, he had a feeling of something out of place, perhaps of someone observing him closely. Smoothly, he adjusted his cap in a nearby storefront window, using it as a mirror. It allowed him to spot a set of observers in a car just pulled up across the street. Must have made me after all, and followed me from the airport. Turning to his right, he stutter-stepped, then performed a rear march without pausing as he saw two more men coming down the sidewalk, hands beneath their coats. The about-turn gained him nothing, however, as two more came from that direction. A quick spin spotted at least a dozen more closing in. He thought he might be able to disable several and get away, but the guns they undoubtedly carried would cause chaos in the streets. While he did not care terribly about innocent death, he loathed the idea of making the evening news, and cameras looked down upon them from high on the walls. For someone who lived his life in the shadows, there had to be a better way. Hurrying into the store, a popular coffee shop, he slipped through the press of patrons and out the back into the alley. As he stepped out the door, he saw the eyes of a strangely built man, wearing a hoodie, gaze at him from a metal face. Then he felt a noose settle over his head. Surprise did not stop him from reacting instantly as the loop closed with machine speed. Reaching up as it began to jerk skyward, he tightened his hands to keep his head from being ripped right off his shoulders and then jackknifed his body to reach upward with his feet to grasp the cable like a circus acrobat. Now looking up vertically along the line, he saw a man holding a winch control lever, gazing down at him with grim purpose from an opened window. Bereft of weapons, Spooky had only one choice. Upside down, he climbed like a gymnast with his hands alone, Nano-infused power allowed him to gain at least three meters, but the cable's circle around his neck did not loosen enough to release him. As he approached the winch and man, he saw only one chance to survive in literally one piece. Making a loop with the available slack, he grasped it with one hand like a cowboy with a lasso, and as his feet reached the upper window frame, he dropped the circle over the man's head. Now his attacker had a dilemma. Continue taking up the cable, and the winch would pull his own head off first, or stop the winch, and try to free himself. He chose the latter, the only rational decision for a human being. As the man struggled with the noose around his neck, Spooky arched his body into the window to place his feet on the floor. Then he kicked his assailant in the gut as hard as he could. He could feel organs rupture as his curled-back toes dug deep, tearing skin and ripping muscle. Spooky's triumph was short-lived, however, as bullets stitched across the wall near him, One caught him in the side, and he ignored the flare of pain to reach down and flip up a chair in the direction of the shooter, apparently the winchman's backup. With the cable around his neck, his options seemed few. The chair caused the shooter to dodge for long enough that Spooky could reach up to open the loop around his neck. Muscles bulged with nanite strength as he overcame the tightening clamp with pure power. He felt the skin of his fingers abrade, and a muscle in his left forearm rip loose from the bone with the effort— but he was able to squeeze the cable over his head and off. Then it became a weapon, his only one. The cable was about a quarter inch across, braided of steel, and so weighed enough to be used as a crude flail. Holding about a meter of it with its head-sized clamped loop, Spooky dodged forward even as the gunmen ripped off another burst. He dropped to roll under the bullets, hanging onto the cable all the while, and then swung it like a metal whip in a whirling blow that caught the submachine gun's magazine and spun the weapon out of the man's hands. Two quick strikes, forehand and back, with his good right hand put the man down, skull shattered. The room he occupied appeared to be an office, luxuriously furnished. Glancing out the window, 
he spotted four men waiting at the bottom, aiming guns, looking up. Bullets followed his head as he yanked it back in out of the line of fire. No one with a hoodie. Spooky wondered what the plan had been. Was the metal-faced man wearing combat armor, a nano-commando deemed sufficient to finish him off as he hung in the air from the cable? They had suckered him well, driving him through the obvious escape route and into their trap. Had the winchman made a mistake? Or had he been a glory hound, certain that he had his quarry helpless and wanting to make the kill himself? Those questions would have to wait. Crossing the room to pick up the second man's weapon, a submachine gun of Uzi make, Spooky lay down and crawled to the interior door, pressing his eye to the crack beneath. Nothing could be seen within three or four meters' distance, no feet waiting immediately outside. So he rolled out of the way and reached for the knob.